Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today, we're going to be previewing the Saturday early slate of DFS action for college football. DraftKings has their prices up. FanDuel does not. So all prices are reflective of DraftKings. Now, we are in what is, in my opinion, the best time of year to be a sports fan. We got college football, college basketball, NFL, NBA, golf, Every sport is going on, and every sport is going on here on Mike's Money Picks. Today, we are doing the college football preview. Tomorrow, we will be doing our NFL Week 11 preview. Friday, I don't quite know what I'm going to do yet, but there will be an episode on Friday. And if you have been listening to the whole podcast feed, you know that we've been starting doing college basketball. We did one Monday, and we did one yesterday, as well as our normal golf preview yesterday. Got a lot lot of content coming your way. So make sure you're staying tuned to the podcast feed. Please rate and subscribe if you like what you're hearing. And also, please get the word out, all right? Trying to grow this listener base, trying to make it as big as possible. Also, if you are interested in my full DFS lineups, make sure you head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And make sure you follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks for more stats and facts. All right, so... College football time, guys. We're in the crunch time of the college football season. We got really two more normal weeks of college football. This one's a big one. A lot of good games on this slate. Let's dive into it. But first, a quick word from our friends at Anchor. Let's start off our preview by talking about the quarterback position. And looking at the top of the board, no surprise, C.J. Stroud is the first name on the board. Now, in my opinion, at this point in the season, you're either a Stroud guy or you're not. He has wildly inconsistent fantasy outputs because his team wins a lot of blowouts, and sometimes they don't really need him to throw the ball for three quarters of the game. So he's had some very up and very down fantasy outputs. Maryland is not a good defense, and Ohio State has the highest implied total on the slate, but... I don't know. Like I've, you know, I've mentioned this before. I'm just not necessarily a Stroud guy because I don't really want to play a guy at his price tag. That's always a risk to just not have to throw a football in the second half. So if you're a Stroud guy, great week for him. Maryland's not good on defense. If you're not a Stroud guy like me, then just pass. Next up is Stetson Bennett. So Stetson Bennett's an example of the contrast between real football and fantasy football. Because in real football, he's been great. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in college football. He's getting rid of the whole game manager, and they won in spite of Stetson Bennett, you know, kind of um, saying that everybody was going with last year. And he's been great, like for real. But in fantasy, I don't think that his game log and his performances warrant where his price tag is currently at. When we play. Guys that are this expensive in DraftKings, we want floor and ceiling. The floor for Stetson is pretty solid. He doesn't have any games under 14 fantasy points. In fact, he only has one game under 17 fantasy points. But when you look at the ceiling, he only has one game over 30 fantasy points. 32.5 is his season high. If I'm playing a quarterback at this price tag, I want a ceiling that can win me a GPP, and I just don't think he is that guy. I think there's other names around here that have a much higher ceiling than Stetson Bennett. Speaking of which, Clayton Toon of Houston, he had a monster performance against SMU. Remember that game that I believe it was like 77 to 63 by the end of it? Yeah, Clayton Toon and Tanner Mordecai went back and forth the whole game. Toon had 69.2 fantasy points, which is insane. You know, as a part of that, 
Toon has five straight performances of 30-plus fantasy points. He's been very consistent in the second half of the season. And ECU gives up 263 passing yards per game. So I think this is a pretty good matchup. I think that he's shown consistently a high ceiling, high floor. Clayton Toon is probably going to be in a lot of my lineups this week. One game that interests me a lot is the Arizona and the Washington State game. So that makes me interested in both Jaden Delora and Cam Ward. This game has the third highest over-under of the slate. I think I would probably, if I were betting on over-unders, I would probably bet the over in this one. Arizona gives up 37 points per game. And when you look at both of these quarterbacks' game logs, both for Delora and for Ward, they seem to light up bad defenses. Like Jaden Delora had 50 fantasy points against Colorado. He also had over 30 against USC. So, you know, two bad defenses – Two quarterbacks that do well against bad defenses. I think there's going to be some points in this one. I would prefer to see Cam Ward be a little bit cheaper because his ceiling this season has only been 30. And like I said, I want a higher ceiling if I'm paying that much for a quarterback. So um, if you want to onslaught this game, this would be the game that I would onslaught and go with both Delora and Ward in a lineup. Um, But I would definitely lean more towards Delora than for Ward because of Ward's price tag. Next up... Is Quinn Ewers, uh, so as a Texas fan, it very much pained me to watch last Saturday's game. Um, their offensive output was just atrocious. Like, there's no way around it. So watching Quinn Ewers is becoming a frustrating experience because he has all of the arm talent in the world. But it seems that when he goes out there, he wants to look like Patrick Mahomes so bad that he forgets he's Quinn Ewers. And he tries to make these sidearm throws, these odd angle throws, He gets really, what's the word I'm looking for here, really casual with his footwork, just not stepping into throws, not following through. Like, just everything's too casual. Like, dude, you have all the arm talent in the world. Step up, deliver a good ball, and let's go score. It's becoming a frustrating experience to watch. But in fantasy, his price tag is fairly affordable. We know he's got all the talent in the world, and this is a great week to play him because everybody's going to be off of him after his performance last week. And Kansas's defense is straight up bad. So if there's ever a Quinn Ewers pop week, this is the week, and he's going to be low-owned as of, as an addition to that. Will Howard of Kansas State is a very sneaky under-the-radar play, in my opinion. Adrian Martinez is out for this game. Will Howard has made three starts for Kansas State, and he's got 20-plus fantasy points in all three of them. If you're playing a cash game, that's a very high floor for a quarterback at this price tag. Holton Ehlers. Of ECU feels like he's been there for about seven years. He's another under the radar start, in my opinion. The Houston defense, you know, they were the ones that were torched by Tanner Mordecai in that game for 77 points. So I'm, you know, obviously you don't need him to score 77, but I think the ECU offense can definitely score some points against Houston. Ehlers has only been under 20 fantasy points twice this season, and he's flashed a ceiling of 46 fantasy points. Very, very good at that price tag in the $6,000 range. Now, two kind of lower price tag guys here. Emmett Moorhead of Boston College, in his last two starts, has 31 and 26 fantasy points. And he played against Duke and NC State. NC State's a pretty good defense. But I don't know. I don't think that can continue this week against Notre Dame. Notre Dame has been a very stingy defense all season. And I just, I don't know. Like, the upside's there. He's not going to be very highly owned. But I just don't think I can get there playing a guy against this Notre Dame defense right now. 
If you are punting the position, I mentioned this guy on the podcast before, MJ Morris of NC State is your guy. He has been between 14 and 24 points every start, so he's got a fairly high floor. You know, I'd like to see him run a little bit more than he does. He's a very good athlete, and that would give him a higher ceiling. And Louisville has been very hit or miss defensively, like for real, for real. They've, you know, they had that performance against Wake Forest where they forced six turnovers in a quarter, and yet they also gotten torched by Syracuse. So the Louisville defense is hit or miss. If it's a miss for the Louisville defense, then it's going to mean good news for MJ Morris. All right, that does it for the quarterback position. Let's go ahead and talk about some running backs. It should come as no surprise that the top of the running back position this week is yet again B. John Robinson of Texas. Now, last week, like I said, just an absolutely putrid performance by the entire Texas offense, and B. John Robinson suffered for it as well, not eclipsing four fantasy points. But I think that was an aberration. I think the TCU defense is pretty stout. I think that the Texas offense just, you know, was the play of Quinn Ewers was what kind of let them down in that one. Now, I think this is a great matchup to play Bijan. I really do. The Kansas rush defense surrenders 167 rushing yards per game. And so if you think about this mathematically, Bijan gets about three quarters of that. It's about 125. And then if he finds his way into the end zone once, that's another six points. And then if he catches three balls for 50 yards, that's another eight points. Just right there, he's at 26 fantasy points. And I think that was a very conservative estimate and only had one touchdown. So, I think there's a very easy path in this one for Bijan to get to 30 fantasy points. Blake Corum finally passed Bijan Robinson in average points per game with his last performance. Now, watching this Michigan offense, I love watching it because it is like a clinic on how to run inside zone. And they are really good at it. Blake Corum is really good at running it. And I think he's a really solid guy to play and plug into the lineups. But this matchup, I'm not so sold on. Uh, I think if I'm playing a high-priced running back this week, I'm probably leaning Bijan over Blake Corum because this Illinois defense is pretty stout. Illinois has only surrendered 85 rushing yards per game so far this season. Now, I say that, and you know they haven't played a rushing attack like Michigan yet, but I don't know. I'm probably just, between the two of them, when, now that their price is so close together, I'm probably leaning Bijan because of the matchup. Next on the board is Chase Brown, and honestly, love the, love the guy's talent, love playing him. But hard pass this week. He's not 100%, and he's playing Michigan. Probably the second-best run defense in the nation. So just hard pass on Chase Brown. Deuce Vaughn of Kansas State has been over 22 fantasy points in four straight games. What is relevant in that is that three of those four games were Will Howard starts. You know, the bag-up quarterback who's starting this week. So I think that this could be another stretch for Deuce Vaughn where he, you know, gets to that 22 fantasy point mark again, in which case he would definitely pay off his price tag. Definitely think it's a good Deuce Vaughn week. Keaton Mitchell of ECU is another intriguing play to me because guess what? Houston's bad against the run too. They're bad against the pass. They're bad against the run. And they seem to be, ECU has given a lot of carries to Keaton Mitchell. He's got at least 16 carries and 23 fantasy points in four straight games. That's pretty solid. I'll take a guy that's going to get 16 carries against this Houston defense. Braylon Allen of Wisconsin is another interesting play to me. Nebraska gives up 191 rushing yards per game. We have targeted this Nebraska defense all season long, and it really hasn't let us down. So why stop now? Now, what is slightly cause for concerning is that this game does have the lowest over-under of the slate. Wisconsin is 13-point favorites. 
but the over-under is 39, meaning that they're implied for 26 points. That might be the lowest of any team that's projected to win this week. So, um, you know, if they're only scoring 26, you're going to need two of those touchdowns to be on the legs of Braylon Allen if he's going to pay off his value. Kendra Miller of TCU is a really good option, and in my opinion, he is severely underpriced. I think he should be up there near Deuce Vaughn and Chase Brown in price tag, but he's not. So I definitely think that's an opportunity to take advantage of misprice if you put in Kendra Miller into your lineups this week. The next little range, Roland Temby, Chris Rodriguez, Pat Garwell, all good players, all guys that I've advocated for in the past for being in your lineups. But not this week. They're all three playing really good opponents that are tough against the run in Ohio State, Georgia, and Notre Dame. So just pass on those three, honestly. Will Shipley of Clemson, in my opinion, is a great cash game option. He's not been in single digits all season, and I expect Clemson to roll in this game against Miami. Miami looks like a team that's just ready to mail it in ahead the next season. Devin Neal of Kansas has 26 and 51 fantasy points in his last two games, which is insanely impressive. And it seems like they have kind of committed to being a running football team. So about 40% of Devin Neal's carries on the season came in the last two games. And they played 11 game, or 10 games so far, excuse me. So that's 20% of the schedule, and he's got 40% of the carries in those two games. So we're looking at basically he's getting double the proportion of his carries for the last two. Now, Texas is not the best matchup for a running back, and we don't know if Jalen Daniels is going to be back and if that's going to change things because we know he can run too. But if Jason Bean's back under center and Neal's going to continue to see that usage, that's a very solid play. Matthew Wiley of Arizona is another guy that it's a way to get exposure to that Arizona-Washington State game. He's been pretty solid, you know, just kind of just getting the job done. Nothing really too impressive there, but it's a way to get exposure to that game. And if you think that that game has a chance of exploding, which I do, he's a guy that you can play and will capitalize on that. I like Audric Estime in Notre Dame again. Um, just every week he seems to come through, and every week DraftKings doesn't change his price up too much. So I definitely think Audric Estime is a guy we can go back to. There are two punt plays this week at running back that I do want to talk about. First one is Dallin Hayden at $3,700. Look, the Ohio State running back situation, if Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson do not play, Dallin Hayden is going to be the starter, and he had 19 fantasy points last week with what was basically three-quarters of the game being the starter after Mayan Williams got hurt. So pay close attention to the injury updates on this situation. Um, writer Pete Thamel is really good and really following Ohio State a lot, so he's going to probably have your updates on that. But if those two don't play, Dallin Hayden at $3,700, like lock him into your lineups. Very far down the board is Keelan Robinson of Texas at $3,100. So Texas has kind of started putting in Keelan Robinson in certain situations, one of which is the red zone, which means that he could vulture a touchdown from somebody, most notably B. John Robinson. So if he does vulture one, he's going to instantly pay off his price tag. He's also a guy that has incredible speed, incredible acceleration. So if they put him in and he busts one for a touchdown, then, like I said, there goes his price tag right there. So I definitely think if you're looking to punt the position, he's probably the guy I would go with. Now, obviously, it's a risk to end up with a goose egg or, you know, like two fantasy points. But they're putting him in in situations, and he's got the type of profile that all it would take is one carry to pay off his price tag. 
All right, that does it for the running back position this week. Let's look at the wide receiver position. All right, breaking down the wide receiver position, we're going to do it the same way we always do it, by price and by team. So looking at the very top of the board, Nathaniel, a.k.a. Tank Dell of Houston, is just an incredible fantasy option. He's got a minimum of five catches and 13 fantasy points in every game this season. He is a target machine. He is Clayton Toon's favorite guy to go to in the red zone for deep balls, short balls, intermediate balls, screens, whatever. Tank Dell runs the whole route tree, and he gets targeted all the time, and I think he's an incredible option for Houston this week. Now, Houston has also had two guys emerge in recent weeks, kind of starting with that monster performance against SMU. Matthew Golden, in his last two games, has eight catches, averages 20 fantasy points, and he's got two total touchdowns in his last two games. That's not a bad profile for a guy who's only $5,200. And then Samuel Brown at $4,200 is a guy I really like. He's only been active for the last five games. And in those five games, he's got at least five catches and 14 fantasy points. What's not to like about that at the price tag of $4,200? If you are stacking Houston, I'd probably go Toon, Dell, and Brown as my stack. Now, on the ECU side of things, they really only throw to two wide receivers, Isaiah Winston, or I'm sorry, Isaiah Winstead and C.J. Johnson. And looking at it, Isaiah Winstead has the floor. C.J. Johnson has the ceiling. C.J. Johnson has three games this season over 28 fantasy points. So if you're playing a cash game, Isaiah Winstead. If you're playing a tournament, C.J. Johnson. There's no reason to think that with how bad this Houston defense is that C.J. Johnson can't get another game over 28 fantasy points. With Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Igbuka of Ohio State, look, it's been the same story all season. Good luck figuring out which one's going to go off, and they're way too expensive, in my opinion, to play C.J. Stroud and both of them in the same lineup. So just not for me this week. Sorry. Next up is Jacob Cowing of Arizona, who has kind of cooled off from his hot start to the season, but he's still the Arizona receiver that I would want in my lineup. He's still leading the team in target share, and he is still kind of, you know, just the guy out there. Now, the good news is Arizona's now pretty much exclusively targeting three wide receivers. The other two are Dorian Singer and Tedaroa McMillan. Their price tags have gone up in recent weeks, especially since like we've last talked deep dive about this Arizona receiving core. But like I said, those are the only three guys getting targets. So if you're stacking Arizona, just pick two of the three. I'd probably go with Cowing and Singer. And there you go. You, you, that's your Arizona offense for the week. On the other sideline for this game, for Washington State, they've got a lot of injuries in that receiving core. And DeJon Stribling is the only receiver standing who started week one from him. And he's been a solid option all year long. The price tag at $6,000 is a little pricey for me. But like I said, I think this game has a chance to explode. And if it does, it's going to go with those Washington State receivers. Now, the other guys in this core that are going to be playing are Donovan Ollie, who has been super hit or miss, which... Honestly, it's not a bad thing if you're playing a GPP. And then they also have a $3,000 play. That's Leighton Smithson. $3,000 on DraftKings. That's the minimum price. And he has taken over the starting role since those injuries to the rest of the receivers at Washington State. And he's had double-digit fantasy points in his last two games. Look, we'll take double digits from a $3,000 play. Nothing wrong with that. And honestly, if you're looking to squeeze some of these other high-priced guys into your lineups, you may need to go with somebody like that. Leighton Smithson, $3,000 on DraftKings. For TCU, we are not quite sure if Quentin Johnston is 
he kind of played most of the game against Texas. He's, his snap share was not as high as it normally is, though. There were definitely a lot of snaps where he was not out there. And sometimes it was in like key moments of the game. So I'm not sure if he is 100%, but if he doesn't play, or if he does play for that matter, I'm not interested in any of the other TCU receivers. Other than Quentin Johnston, none of them are consistent. None of them are really on the field all the time like Quentin Johnston is. So just hard pass on the TCU receiving court if Johnston does not suit up. For Boston College, Zay Flowers has been absolutely outstanding all season long, but I'm not sure how I feel about you know his matchup against Notre Dame. So Marcus Freeman is you know the head coach at Notre Dame. He's a defensive guy. And when you look at what he did at Cincinnati, with their schedule in the American Athletic Conference, there was a lot of times where teams would be one-dimensional. And so like if there was one guy he could take away, he was able to do it. And that's kind of like what Boston College does. It, it's honestly very high school, you know, because I do coach high school football. It's very like, oh, look, that kid, you know, they have their best player. We're going to take away their best player. And a lot of high schools, you know, have that situation where they've got that one athlete who's really good and can really play. And if you take him away and make the other guys beat you, they're going to be in trouble. And so I think that Notre Dame can do that against Zay Flowers this week. Now, obviously, I can say that. And, you know, he can still go out there and catch a touchdown or, you know, catch five screens or whatever and still have a decent fantasy output. But I'm just a little concerned about the fact that Notre Dame gets to game plan to stop him because he's all they got. On the other side for Notre Dame, it's Matthew, or Michael Mayer or Bust. I almost called him Matthew Mayer. I believe that's a basketball player. So it's Michael Mayer or Bust. He's pretty much the only guy that sees a consistent target share. Uh, Jaden Thomas for them has come on strong lately at a reasonable price. So if you're looking to pivot away from Mayer, Jaden Thomas might be your guy. But I'm cool if you just avoid that game altogether in terms of wide receivers. For Georgia, I like Lad McConkey. He's a big play guy, and they're scheming up ways to get him the football. Anytime a receiver has a rushing touchdown, y'all, that means that the coaching staff sat there and was like, hey, we want to put the ball in this guy's hands in space and see what he does. And George has been doing that a lot with Lad McConkey, and he's a big play guy. He's evidenced that over the last three weeks. So why not go back to him? I think he's a solid play this week. For Texas, this is a Xavier Worthy week. So... As bad as last week was for that Texas offense, Xavier Worthy still saw double-digit targets. And honestly, no reason to expect that to not continue. He's been pretty good all season, and Kansas is not a good defense. So why not go back to him? I think that last week was an aberration. You know, I've said that about the Texas offense multiple times, and I think that this matchup against Kansas will be very kind to them. Now, Jatavian Sanders got his price bumped to $4,600, but that's still not enough to dissuade me from playing him. Like, I still like Jatavian Sanders as a fantasy option. He's consistently getting targets. He had double-digit targets again last week. In fact, Jordan Whittington also had double-digit targets last week. So the Texas receiving group, all their production is kind of just jumbled in with those three guys, Worthy, Whittington, and Sanders. In terms of ranking them as DFS plays, I'd probably go Worthy, Sanders, Whittington. Now, there are a few one-offs that I do want to talk about. Um, these are guys that I would not stack because I don't want to play their quarterback. And they are guys that I'm not really playing anybody else in their receiving court either. The first one is Chamir Dyke. I'm, I'm hoping that I pronounced that correctly. Against Nebraska, you know, for Wisconsin, you know, offense hadn't been great for them. 
but the defense has been bad for Nebraska. And so targeting Nebraska has been good for us all season. Dyke would be the guy I would do that with this week. For Michigan State, Keon Coleman is the guy I would want. He has flashed enough ceiling that I think he warrants consideration. And for Clemson, Antonio Williams had a huge game with Bo Collins out last week. But looking at things, it seems like Bo Collins is going to be back. But if Bo Collins does miss, Antonio Williams is a very solid option. For Kansas State's receivers, honestly, all three of them are pretty even. But I like Knowles. Watching the Texas-Kansas State game a few weeks ago, Knowles is the guy that they tend to scheme up touches for. You know, get him the ball on screens. Get him the ball on RPOs. So they also look for him in the red zone quite a lot. So he is the guy that I would look for out of that receiving core. All right, that does it for the wide receiver breakdown. In fact, that does it for our whole breakdown for today. Hopefully it gave you guys plenty of names that you can look to get in and out of your DFS lineups this week. Um, hopefully can go back to making some money this week here on DraftKings. Now, if you are playing DFS college football, give DFS college basketball a chance. I promise. All right. Um, it's a lot of fun. Makes watching the games much more enjoyable. And much like college football, it's under-researched, underutilized. People aren't doing the research and the optimal lineups and all that stuff that they do for NFL and NBA with college basketball. And so it's another opportunity for you to make some money just by doing a little research. And guess what? I do a lot of the research for you. So make sure you stay tuned rest of the week, coming weeks, for the College Basketball Podcast. If you're not playing College Basketball DFS, I encourage you to give it a chance. Rest of the week, tomorrow we do have an NFL preview. Make sure you stay tuned for that. And then Friday, don't quite know what I'm going to do yet. Um, I've got to figure out what my schedule personally is going to look like on Friday. And then I'll figure out what podcast I'm going to do on Friday. All right. So as always, if you want the full DFS lineup, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And make sure you follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks for extra stats and facts. All right. That does it for this college football preview, guys. If you like what you hear, please rate and subscribe. Other than that, thank you guys for listening, and I will see you all next time. Mm-hmm.